So in teaching world religions, uh, one of the things that I enjoy getting to do is I have to go occasionally to visit other religions' services of worship. So like the Buddhist temple and Hindu temple and that sort of thing. But one of the things that is just really powerful to me, and, and I encourage you as a follower of Jesus to do this if you get a chance, is to go to the synagogue to Jewish worship. Uh, it's, it's overwhelming when you're there because you realize that, oh my goodness, a lot of the traditions we have go back through the Jewish faith. But then it dawns on me while I'm there that I am participating in something that was started 5,000 years ago. Right? So this, this, I'm participating in something that Moses started. That's crazy. And they continue to do that. Obviously, it looks a little different, but, but they continue the same traditions and ideas, and, and that is really powerful. Well, I tell you that because today we're kind of doing the same thing. Today we are continuing a tradition that is almost 2,000 years old. We talk about the setting aside of people for service. And uh, it's cool to think about that we are continuing what Peter and James and John started uh, way back then. And we are continuing that tradition. And it's, it's awesome to be a part of it uh, as we set aside Alicia to be a deacon. So um, to, to understand this historically, uh, I, I want to go through the process of how it happened and what it's all about in the scripture. And so we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 6. Before we, as you, as you turn there, I need to give you a little background of what's going on. Um, Jerusalem uh, was a crazy place at this point. The church was booming. Uh, it was full of widows. Now, let me explain why. Uh, because of different armies attacking the Israelites, they were spread throughout the world. But there was a belief that people who were buried in Jerusalem would be uh, resurrected first. And so they wanted to come back to Jerusalem to die as it were. Well, another cultural reality was is that the men married women who were much younger than they were. And so there were a lot of widows who were left who had been taken away from the places where they had raised. They had no family, friends, or connections, nor ways to have power or authority or position or to earn money. And so the widows who lived in Jerusalem would go to the temple every day to get food. Now, when the church came along, the church began to take care of its own widows, and uh, they began to provide food for them. And then in Acts chapter 6, we see the first conflict that the young church has, and it's concerning those widows. So Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, page 1096, if you're using the Pew Bible, and that background will help us understand a little bit what's going on. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Now, just so you know, Hellenistic Jews would have been Jewish people that lived in foreign lands that moved back to Jerusalem, and they probably spoke Greek as their primary language, okay? And the whole Hellenism thing, and, and so they had a Greek culture that they brought back to Jerusalem. The Hebraic Jews were people that lived their whole lives in Israel. All right, so verse 2. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, 
Parmenius and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. So the word of God spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now there's multiple things that we could talk about here, but I want to point out a couple uh, that are real relevant for us today. Though they didn't have the same the titles of elders and deacons at that point, later in the in book of Acts we see that happening. Um, but there's a definite delineation between the two positions. All right? You have elders who oversee the direction of the church, who are responsible for the discipleship and, and spiritual development of the congregation. And you have deacons who are set aside to serve. All right? And that has become a very clear delineation throughout the scripture. Now, about 150 years ago, in American culture, we changed that for some reason, uh, and we're kind of making our way back to that. But, but the idea is, is that deacons are set aside specifically for the purpose of service. Okay? And so when you talk about a deacon and what a deacon is supposed to do, there, there are multiple things involved in that. Deacons are to look for places of ministry, people who have needs, and to meet those needs. Deacons are to be models of service when it comes to needs being met. Deacons need to model for the church and things like when we do the feeding ministry next week, deacons should be some of the first ones there to help with that. And now let me make it clear, there is some overlap in the two ministries because we all do things that aren't in our job description to make the thing function, right? So I was thinking about that this week, and if you haven't been around, you haven't experienced October 31st with us yet. October 31st is a big event uh, that we provide a safe place for families to come and and, and have a safe place for the Halloween night. Um, and about 1,200 to 1,500 people show up. So it's a big community thing. Well, to make that work, we use the gym and we use three-fourths of the parking lot. To use three-fourths of the parking lot, we have to set up a fence. Now, those of you that are new, you experience an awesome fence. All right? It's a fence that folds up and we carry it, put it in the gray house. Piece of cake. Those of you that have been around a while, you know about the cursed fence. Right? There was this big orange fence that was rolled up into multiple rows. They were, the, the poles they were on were screwed to buckets full of sand. And at the end of every fall festival, we would have a roll-up the fence party. And let me tell you, it stunk. It really was horrible. And there were multiple times that I would think to myself, I'm going to play the pastor card and say there are people need to be talked to. Right? I'm going to go minister to people. I'm going to go talk to them and pray with them so I don't have to mess with that ridiculous fence, right? Now, fortunately, Joey has created a new fence for us, which is much easier. Um, but the point being that, and not that I'm so wonderful, but there were multiple people that worked on the fence, and it was on none of our job descriptions, right? There's no seminary rolling up fence 101 class. It's just something that had to be done. And so there is crossover in these ministries. There are things that have to be done that we do, and we know that, but primarily, Deacons are to be servants. The word diakonos means to serve, right? And so the idea is, is that deacons should be ones who are, are looking for people in need, particularly widows and orphans, James says, and should be meeting those needs, particularly those that don't have other family, right? And so as deacons, it is, and I told the deacons at deacons retreat a few months ago, I said, first and foremost, this is a spiritual position, 
And if you're going to have a spiritual position, you must first and foremost be a spiritual person. And if you're going to be a spiritual person, you must have a thriving, active, involved relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay? That's the only way you can be a spiritual person. And so, so there is this, this reality that it begins there as deacons. And then deacons should have a heart that is always looking for people who are in need and always modeling for the church service, right? It's very clearly lined out in Scripture, and that's what deacons do. Uh, so I encourage the deacons always that when they have their meetings, that they should be meetings focused on how do we serve, who's being served, who needs to be served, how do we pull that off? And how do we model for the church what service looks like? Well, there's a second thing that I want us to see, and Jay kind of spoke on this a few weeks ago. But it's this idea, when everybody's doing what they're supposed to do, that God does really cool stuff. Okay, look with me at verse 7. So, because they agreed to do this, the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests, which was a big deal, became obedient to the faith. And each and every one of us have been given gifts by God. Each and every one of us have been given opportunities to serve. And each and every one of us must use those gifts to honor God through his bride. And when we do that, the kingdom is honored and the kingdom grows and lives are transformed. Now, I already apologize for Vernon that I'm going to tell this story. Uh, But we are in football season and... um, one of the things, uh, the last few years, you know, on, on ESPN, they always have the not top 10. If you're, not, if you're familiar with that, the not top 10, it's like the 10 worst uh, things that happen in sports, the bloopers, basically. Well, and each week, the best one is carried over to the next week until one that's worse becomes the new blooper, right? Well, for a lot of weeks in a row, there were two Florida Gator football players, that were the blooper of the week, all right? They were running a play, the running back was running outside, and these two Gators were blocking each other instead of the other team. It is one of the most hilarious, now if this was a cowboy story, I'd be telling it, I promise. It's one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen, is two people are blocking each other, looking a different direction, and not realizing they're blocking the guy on their own team, right? So I don't know if you understand about football, but when the same team is blocking each other, it doesn't work well. They're not working together to accomplish a common goal. And so I I think it's important for us to see and to understand that God has gifted us and given us responsibilities for a reason so that the church can work together as a team to accomplish his purposes for who he's called us to be. That's why God set it up this way. That's why there's elders and there's deacons. That's why there's different spiritual gifts. That's why God has gifted us in different ways so that he can accomplish his purposes and the church can be everything that it's supposed to be. 